0: That's the great part about working with horses. There's some, you know, bit of peace for being being at the barn as well as the fact of, you know, setting those goals and really working hard and realizing that, you know, hey, this horse is great for this, but, you know, I need to let go and get a different horse if I'm going to proceed and do some other things. So it's kind of, there's a lot of life lessons there. Welcome back to season three of Winnie
1: Tales. We're back with our second half of the chat with Pebbles Turberville of Horses and Humans Research Foundation. Welcome to Winnie Tales. I'm your host, Julianne Neal, and we're here with Bruce Anderson and friends with all of our favorite horse stories, pony legends, and unicorn yarns. Tune in each week to hear from Bruce with a Nature's View training tip, as well as conversations with some of our favorite horse lovers. Remember, the joy's in the ride. We'd like to give a quick shout out to one of our sponsors, Espana Silk. Formulated with a light, refreshing fragrance, this European-inspired line of grooming products has been developed to provide superior conditioning and moisturizing for people and animals. Using silk as part of your grooming routine promotes healthy hair and skin, as well as silky coats, manes, and tails. Espana Silk products are made with the finest and safest ingredients available and have been formulated to hydrate and reduce static to bring out the natural luster of your hair and your pet's coats, manes, and tails. Grooming products are all natural, water-based, pH-balanced, and biodegradable. Make every day a spa day with Espana Silk. Visit their website at espanaproducts.com. So, so tell me a little bit more about how you got into this job in the beginning. You're a horse girl, I know. So how, what led you to this organization
0: in the first place? Well, I, I had known Molly. Um, I had been involved with uh, PATH, the Professional Association of Therapeutic Horsemanship, um, for over 20 years. And I knew Molly and, and I was aware of her um, putting this foundation together. So I've been following it for, for a bit. But um, after I left higher education and I kind of took a sabbatical and just had to get my dissertation done. So I had some, not a lot of time, but I had some time and uh, felt like, oh, you know what? I could help you all out and be um, the interim uh, director because they didn't have one. And... um, before, after three months, it was not an interim position anymore. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, you're here. So I, I think just because I, I know what horses do, I know what they've done for me, um, you know, professionally as well as, um, you know, I, I with high school, I, I wasn't, um, in high school, I just didn't find my niche in high school, but I did mm-hmm. at the barn. And, yeah. and, that's where I was successful and, you know, um, and I loved it because it was being outside. I, I could really set some goals, mm-hmm. um, you know, about either going to specific shows or a hunter pace, I you know, was near, near where you are and yeah, uh, in and yeah, doing Fox on <laughs> right. freezing Saturday mornings, <laughs> but, um that hasn't
1: changed either it's always a
0: freaking <laughs> Saturday morning it seems like yeah um or the hunter paces but you know it, it to me it just really um there's some you know bit of peace for me being, being at the barn as well as the fact of you know setting those goals and really working hard and realizing that you know hey this horse is great for this but you know, I need to let go and get a different horse if I'm going to proceed and do some other things. So it's kind of, there's a lot of life lessons there. Um, and so I think that's the great part about working with horses. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're on the ground with them. I mean, one of my favorite things now is to sit in a pasture and take pictures of foals, you know, when they're oh. just, you know, a couple months old and they're you know inquisitive and they're leaving their mom yeah yeah they'll walk over and kind of hang out with you and I love you know that aspect um or just being the presence you know with with them um there's just that peace uh, that you get but at the same time you also can have some fun because you're always uh if you want to go on trail rides you have the, that friend's Group that also loves horses, so you know I, I just know what they do for us, and so now I have to just prove that in the sense of helping researchers really prove that, and so that's my our goal is to raise some funds so we can have those grants out there, and I think the other piece is as far as like, um, going back to how do you decide? I think we went with trauma. Um, because a, like I said, the pandemic was one thing and there is, you know, so many people who are affected by trauma, but there's so many different ways you can work with people and horses in trauma. So it doesn't matter if they're riding or they're on their ground or they're doing psychology or they're doing therapy or whatever it may be. It's, you know, it's going for the big, for the bigger umbrella term doesn't matter which path you're going to help those people with horses.
1: Yeah, it's big picture. And I think that's such an incredible mission to have. I, I just know early on when we were trying to research funding and grants with, uh, you know, even before I knew about you guys, there was no research out there. I mean, I couldn't find anything. It was like, you know, some anecdotal stuff. But there mm-hmm. was nowhere I could quote and, and say, look at this and, and reference anything so What
0: an amazing job you all are doing. It's it's And I'm hoping that we can get some type of assessment tool kind of selected so that we can have many centers kind of use that same assessment tool Mm -hmm. because it would be great, like, again, my pie in the sky dream if we could have you know, groups use the same assessment tool, and then you put that data into the database in the sky. And then whoever, whatever research wants to go there can pull out that data and, and create, you know, some really good information. So, you know, there's, again, so many different things. And my hope is that we can start doing like two grants a year, or more than two grants a year, Um, but it takes money obviously Uh, so you know individuals who have funds who want to help us out who know what horses have done for us or done for that individual and want to help um, or uh, foundations who know um, or the other piece too is I kind of feel like I'm hoping to get some sponsors because I feel like there's so many Different horse products and companies out there that know what horses have done. I mean, there's wow. helping people with horses, so they should help us, yeah, um, with that research. Yeah, definitely. Because what
1: a, what an amazing responsibility you have. At you know, when you really think about big picture, but a sponsor who does come in instead of just one area, one discipline, one breed, whatever. Yeah. You're encompassing all of it, and so right. that'd be an ideal partnership for you with somebody, the right yeah. person or the right company.
0: I don't know. Yeah, I'm making that call because <laughs> it doesn't matter if they're a tax store or, or mm-hmm. deal with medical equipment or if they um, have products just for the writer. I mean, they uh, could help us out with some social responsibility by giving back to you know supporting research between that horse and human interaction. That's the key. And, you know, it's so so weird. I mean, there's so much we could look into. I mean, I know that we kind of started with um, kind of individuals with maybe uh, who had disabilities or perhaps have had issues like trauma, etc. But I mean, can you imagine if we did some other research about like competitive riders who, who had a had a niche like what connection do they have with certain horses over other horses and why is it and why is that horse like that one person over another person yeah you know? and and that's something too that we really want to look at we've kind of looked more at the human side but we kind of also want to look at the horse side and we really feel like if the horse is really healthy um and we've kind of gone out <clears throat> with the with the sense of we have now our equine, oops, sorry, equine well-being guidelines, because if a horse is healthy, they're going to give us more input that's going to be better for us, and the research is going to be better if that horse is healthier, Yeah, you know, and I'm not saying healthy just in the sense of when you look at them, they look good. I'm talking about, you know, And, and this is where it gets a little woohoo, I think, but you know, this because you're a horse person that there is a mental state with horses. And I think that's, what's been really fun for me because it's not just a sport that you can practice skill and skill like basketball or golf. You're connecting with another animal and they have bad days and good days, or they feel good or bad. Right. so um, you want that horse to feel just as good so that they can give us the quality research that we need.
1: Right, well, I'm so, doing a little film about a, a little boy with charges syndrome he, who rides at a therapeutic riding center here in the area. And even, we, I was talking with that director yesterday about the fact that they have some phenomenal horses for therapeutic riding, but the fact that he has to have two sidewalkers and her, and I mean, he's surrounded by people. There are some horses that that mental side of that, mm-hmm. they're like, uh-uh, I'm out of and here. That might be perfect for something else, but every situation is different. You're so right. The horse has to be engaged
0: in, in yeah. that. Yeah. And and it's just like, you know, us, we mean, there's certain sports that we gravitate to. And the same thing with horses. There's Mm -hmm. a form to function piece where they're made for certain things. um, But there's, or made for certain sports, I should say. But there's also, it's that characteristics, you know, uh, temperament that you're looking for. Um, But, you know, all horses are different. For example, in my program that I ran, uh that i had one horse that he was like a cross trainer he would get bored if he just did therapy riding so um he was like the all-round horse because he went in western lessons he went in dressage lessons he did hunter jumpers um you know he did a little bit of vaulting so just because he was I don't want to call him ADD but he just he just needed a variety <laughs> needed stimulation. of stimulation. He needed a variety of activities, you know. Oh, yeah. Um and you know it, it really is a lot when we ask them just like you said when you're looking at sidewalkers and leaders and a rider that's you're if a horse is claustrophobic and they're they're a flight animal and here we are like crown them as prey um, and so we do ask a lot of them, but I think when they understand and they get it, then right. they do. Right. And it's, you know, the other, um, you know, I can't diagnose people. I don't have those credentials, um, right. but I say I could diagnose some horses. <laughs> <laughs> so I, had, I had this little Arab uh, one time. He was a little ADHD, and I had a rider who who really was diagnosed with ADHD. Hi. Um, and you would think, why would you put them together? But for some reason, they, this, they I think it was their energy level canceled each other out. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So this Arab, who was not necessarily flighty, but he was just looking like, mm-hmm. okay, where, what is that? What's going on here? Where, did, where is that going? Or, you know, but he had this kid on him. He was like, whoa, there's a lot yeah. of energy on me. I need to focus. Where am I going? What are we doing? And there's so much movement that the, that the rider was like, oh, wow, this is a lot of energy. I don't have to run around, you know, I'm getting this input so I can kind of, my brain's kind of settling and I can focus. So, you know, it's those, those kind of moments. Um, but we really want to make sure horses are, are really looked after and taken care of mm-hmm. so that we can have that input. But we're also looking at, you know, like I said, why certain horses do certain things? Mm-hmm. How can you really tell? Um, yeah, these are anecdotal stories, but what's the research about why this horse is better at this than that? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's so much to really understand, and yeah. when you ask why, yeah, um, we, we can look at so many things, but We're looking at really, you know, quality research. I know that there's some people out there who've done pilot studies, and those are great because that kind of sets up um, information and studies for others. Mm -hmm. Um, But going back um, for a second, when you're talking about the education piece, um, I think there's sometimes a disconnect with researchers and practitioners Mm.
1: um,
0: because practitioners are a little... uh, I say this but maybe they're a little intimidated with research like maybe they don't understand it Um, maybe they don't understand the outcomes or why it's beneficial so we're also trying to bridge that gap too um, in the sense that we want practitioners to understand hey research is going to help you um, in the sense that the more grants we fund And the more evidence based is out there, that's gonna help you get funding for your center. Um, And then, you know, we're also looking at what's best practices, what really works, things Mm -hmm. that you can put into practice at your own center or your own program, as well as, you know, asking those practitioners what, you know, we're also asking them not only for numbers now, but we wanna say, okay. If you have these 10 at-risk kids that are coming to your barn, which one are they getting off of medication because they're coming to the barn? Are they staying out of the hospital because they're not trying to do something harmful to themselves? You know, what are those little little pieces that are also helpful to, to humans? Um, You know, because of that interaction, not just the data piece, which is really important, but also how is it helping those individuals
1: um, Mm
0: -hmm. and how are they improving so that we can also show that that's um, helpful um, in the sense that, you know, because they've been involved in this program, they, like I said, have stayed out of the hospital or decreased their medication Mm -hmm or Mm -hmm. antidepressants or whatever it may be so that's
1: so good to hear because that's the type of thing we're looking at trying to to put together in proposals like like one for you is that to make sure our data is reliable and you know that that we're we're putting things in the right way but I'm not a research person so I'm one of those people that's saying how in the world do we prove all of this and so what you do (laughs) what you do is 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 amazing it's going to be a great resource for us to be able to to figure out how to prove how to prove what we all know that horses are more important than ever before is what right right
0: you know yeah and it's funny because you know how the horses um I want to say job has changed throughout the years um and you know this this piece kind of comes from my own research in the sense like back in the 60s and the 70s they we're phasing out the animal science horse piece because yeah. they felt like horses were going to be put out in a pasture and we wouldn't need that many right. anymore because of the fact we had automobiles. And, um, but then all of a sudden this whole show circuit started. Mm-hmm. And so that picked up the, and then also you had other different types of occupations for horses, but Now this whole equine facilitated learning and equine facilitated counseling and um, Mm -hmm. psychotherapy, it really has you know changed their job a bit. So it's it's which is it's always been there. We just didn't really name it, you know. (laughs) look at Bruce like he's crazy because he'll be in
1: conversations with them talking about how you know horses used to be before the industrial revolution they were our (laughs) transport and all this but they're important more important than ever before but it's for our well-being and and, you know our mental stability and everything else and if we can just the horse people know that already it's Mm -hmm. the non-horse people we got to convince hey these things are out here these programs whether you're a horse person or not come and be with one and come mm-hmm. and understand that power and understand that how how wonderful it can be let's take a quick break from the podcast and talk a little bit about one of our sponsors Fenwick Equestrian I'm here with Bruce Anderson of Nature's View and we're going to talk about Fenwick's calming mask Bruce, can you tell us a little bit about why you enjoy using that with your horses?
0: Well, to me, the first thing is what it does for me. When I put the mask on the horse, I feel that I have done everything I can do at that particular point to help the horse. I believe in the work that I do, it's all about getting the head. Or everything that's sort of important to the horse is around the head so by wrapping this around his face like it wraps it almost creates this pressure and in so doing to me letting the horse know that look see you're okay it's kind of like when you have a dog
1: that gets a little nervous during a storm and you put a thundercoat on or something like that It just it's that added support oh yeah So if you'd like to know more about all of the technology behind liquid titanium and the Fenwick liquid titanium mask, which is the original therapeutic calming mask available from the company, you can check out their website at FenwickEquestrian.com where they have all sorts of other exciting apparel. Find out more at FenwickEquestrian.com. Thank you, Bruce.
0: Thank you, Julianne.
1: So speaking of that, I have to ask you, I ask everybody this. And, and it's almost like asking who's your favorite child and nobody ever wants to answer that question, but tell me about your, your personal, is there a horse that has been the most um, powerful, the most important
0: to you? You know, ironically, it's a black stallion, (laughs) but he's passed. He has passed, but he, he was my favorite. His name was Dan, D-A-E-N. He was a Friesian stallion imported from Holland. Um, he was, um, at Pools Training Center in Swansea, South Carolina. And every time Dan came out of his stall, uh, he kind of took my breath away just, and he was just the biggest teddy bear too. And, um, to wash his tail, it, to really wash his tail, it took like two or three of us to really wash it. And it was something, you know, I'm five, four, I could hide under it because of it, um, but he was such a gentle giant, but yeah, he, and I have one of his, um, his, off, his, his, um, sons, so, um, okay. Dutch dancer, yeah, I believe this, because we've been talking about
1: a small world ever since I met you, yeah, but I have one of his daughters at my farm, my business partner, Stacey Hunt, worked out at Fool's Trading Center for many years, and Dan mm-hmm. was her ideal horse. My Gretchen was a brood mare, and we took her out and Stacy now has that that young horse, that baby, so she's not a baby anymore. I don't know how old she is, but um, yeah. Her horse indigo is one of dan's offspring and so oh i met him once and i understand completely why he was so special to you that's yeah amazing. he was
0: amazing yeah and all his you know all his roles were just you know just easy to deal with and so loving um yeah they were just um great great to deal with so yeah he he was my number one um as far as like that horse that took your heart away. And yeah, he is my black stallion.
1: (laughs) So is there anything else that you want folks to know about Horses and Humans Research Foundation?
0: Hmm. You know, I I think we've really covered, you know, the mere fact that we are um, supporting grants uh, for horse and human interaction and that we're always looking for funds um, and sponsors, donations, um, yeah, I'm definitely looking for those corporate sponsors who want to help us out, and uh, we also are starting out with our education program so that people understand why research is important, uh, as well as how, how horses help humans, really, um, right. and, we're, and we're, you know, have the numbers and the data to be able to prove that so and yeah we love, yeah
1: so how can people find out more about you we'll put it in the show
0: notes too but for folks just listening where could they find you online um well our website is um horses so you can go there we're on facebook um posting every day there um we're also on instagram twitter uh we have our own youtube channel which i had stated before horses and humans uh, research Foundation YouTube channel, which we have all our webinars on there, as well as um, little spokespeople who like to just say why research is important. Um, and I think that covers about it all. But if you go to our webpage and you want to follow us um, and sign up for our e-news, we do an e-news about every month or every other month. So you can really keep up with what's um, what's our news what's coming out of the news because you never know that's right
1: well I feel I feel blessed because you made that France announcement
0: here on the podcast I know I know (laughs) really I feel so odd really like working on this France project and the conference in 2023 and I haven't even announced where we're going in 2022 (laughs) I won't tell a soul Oh,
1: lovely! Yeah, thank you so much. It was
0: it was good talking to you too, and I look forward to meeting you uh, next month in person.
1: You're listening to Winnie Tales, the official podcast of Nature's View and the Marley Project, brought to you by JA Media Productions.